In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. Go? Oh, good, 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 yeah. Perfect. All right, everyone. Welcome to the show. That's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. My name's Ding Dong, goes to the Bing Bong, Henry Zabrowski, having fun since 1947, producing solid rock and roll comedy since 1940s. Don't even look at me. I used to be somebody when you were a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be somebody. Don't look at your uncle that way. I used to be nine somebodies. You never were. You're just a boy. You never got a chance to be a professional. Not, not yet. Not yet. Well, you did get a chance to be a professional, and you blew it. You blew it. Your your big shot. I was too short to be in the war. It's actually a good time to be short as in a war, bouncing around. The old chair Man, of warrior. Man, I got to say, skip that flight in Malaysia, huh? Ooh. Don't do it. Don't bother with it. Miss the flight. Go meet the girl, Stephanie. You told her you'd meet her at the bar, but said, mm-hmm. oh, I got to get on a flight to Malaysia this weekend. I got oh. work to do. I say skip it and make it a sleepless in Seattle moment for yourself. Yeah, that was a, not any real details in there. About the Malaysian flight that went over, (laughs) got shot down over the Ukraine. Um, All right, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about a subject that we've been wanting to talk about for a very long time. And finally, the day is here. Waco, Texas, Mr. David Koresh Mm. and the Branch Davidians. I got to say, normally, I like my Branch Davidian to be a medium rare. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I it's, agree. Uh, it's a little upsetting. It's a little bit insulting to the chef, though. <laughs> you got to have the Branch Davidian raw, bloody, and raw. Unfortunately, these Branch Davidians came out well, well done. done. Well done. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Cool. I've been sitting on that joke for, for months. Months. And man, was it worth it. Well, one thing that I've been kind of surprised about, because you know when I start researching something, it's the only thing that I can talk to people about for like a week. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I've been kind of talking to people about the Branch Davidians, and it's funny, it's weird how many people don't know anything about this siege. Well, it's because it was successfully, uh, d- we were disinformed yeah. successfully by the, we our were, government. We weren't disinformed, we were just not really informed because it's disinformed. a big, it, I would call it a blooper. And the U.S. government, they don't really put it in the history books because it makes them look like murderers. Yeah, it's a bit of a mix-em-up they did. It's a mix-em-up. It was a workaround. Yes. Oh, yeah. As you're fond of saying, bit of a bugaboo here. It was a bit of a bugaboo, and as we'll find out later, a lot of these senators... 
in particular, one Mr. Chuck Schumer tried to make a whole career out of this damn thing. The main problem with the Waco siege was because the ATF, they hate barns. (laughs) That was it. That's the big problem. Specifically compounds. They Ah, really hate compounds. They just don't like anybody having a groovy time not on America's fucking dime. Exactly. (laughs) There were, it was B-A-T-F, but Bataf doesn't really work, Mm -mm. uh, so they just cut the barns out of the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms (laughs) of the little acronyms. You should see them in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. They can't even get through the highway. They they make it three miles down, and they're like, we got to arrest every silo in sight. Oh, and they do it indeed. (laughs) The Waco siege happened between February 28th and April 19th, 1993. It is one of the many incidents that we covered in the American Curse episode way long ago. It's also uh, the same time period as the Boston bombings, uh, the Boston Massacre, some of the biggest industrial bombings. It's also what inspired the biggest incidents of domestic terrorism in the United States, the Oklahoma City bombing. 1993 was also the same year as the first bombing in the World Trade Center, right? Yes. Heavy year. <laughs> yeah. Two Princes year. was huge on the radio. Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You was number one on the charts. <laughs> oh, and I, you know, I, I don't think year. Kevin Costner gets enough respect <laughs> and enough uh, credit for that. Yeah, because honestly, she was compact of frame, but she actually weighed 325 pounds. <laughs> the simple right. act of him dragging her across that stage was mm. a Herculean effort. It was. Go it see was. Hercules. In theaters, sponsored yeah, go- by Henry Zabrowski. <laughs> and see The Bodyguard, of course. That's the reference where I Will Always Love You. That was the, the movie where that song became a big hit. And I'll deep. tell you, Whitney ended uh, her life... Well, it went so smooth. <laughs> she had a smooth ride. I went. Uh, I stayed in the Beverly Hilton this week, uh, the floor below where Whitney Houston died, huh. and they removed the numbers of all of the doors around that hotel room. Oh, just to make it more creepy. Yeah, so that yeah. you can't accidentally find it and go in there because they had a lot of people going in there and stealing memorabilia. Which I can understand because when Whitney Houston died, she shat gold out of her pussy. <laughs> that's why she weighed so much. It was so, so big. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's, if and Kevin Costner would have known before he signed up to be the bodyguard, her pussy was full of gold. Everything was 10 times its worth after she died. All right, let's get back on track. Yes. This entire incident, it ended up uh, with 76 men, women, and children dying mm. in this compound outside of Waco, Texas, in a place they called Mount Carmel. These people people were a part of a break-off set called the Branch Davidians that were originally a part of the Seventh-day Adventists. And these people believed in the literal truth of the Bible. And they were not a fun group, right? Like, these were guys, they couldn't have caffeine. They couldn't have caffeine. Mm. They had really strict dietary concerns. And also they believe it's something about, like, the immortality of the soul, where it's like your soul actually remains in in play. It's like a live ball in (laughs) soccer. It remains in play until the end times come. Mm. So basically, when you die, we're basically all put into a waiting room, waiting for Jesus to show up during the full end times that have been going on since 1844, as we all no. <laughs> Think about the magazine reading you can catch up on that you couldn't do while you oh, were alive. Yeah, you know, waiting in God's waiting room. All but sorts of ghost very, dad scenarios. Oh, and the and the humor that goes with it. <laughs> um, but this is a very common theme that's expressed through most evangelicalism. And, and really, uh, I disagree with you slightly, uh, Mr. Zabrowski, because the... Uh, 
The seven seals, the apocalyptic religious types, they're the most fun to talk to. <sighs> they are a good yeah. time. I mean, they the end of days, I never want it to come just so people can constantly be talking about it. But they're like anything. They're they're fun on their turf. It's like yes. a comedian. They're mm-hmm. funny when you see them in, like in their, on where stage. they're comfortable. Yeah. But as soon as you get them in their house, you realize, man, this guy's got to go. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a hoarder. Why do you yeah. have all this trash around? Yeah, I don't have any money for garbage bags. What the branch Davidians believed in. They mm. believed especially in the literal truth of revelations, and they believed in the seven seals. But what they believed, it was not that the second coming of Jesus Christ was going to bring the seven seals about. It was instead the coming of what they called the final Messiah. Cool. And the final Messiah, yeah. the Lamb as they called him. He looked would, sort of like Sang Su for Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah. yeah, he would have the long mustache <laughs> that hangs down. He could shapeshift into other branches Davidians cool. at will. Yeah, like he that. was pretty sweet. But the guy that they decided was the final Christ was a man born Vernon Wayne Howe, but eventually christened David Koresh. Uh, now, Vernon he had Wayne. problems with dyslexia growing up, which I really enjoyed. Do you know what his childhood nickname was? Mr. Retardo. Mr. Retardo. That's in- <laughs> Mr. Retardo. That sounds like a superhero. It sounds like somebody that can never be put on fire. I'm Mr. Retardo. Hey, uh, Mr. Retardo, Mr. Retardo, I'd love the act. Can we change the name? Retardo? <laughs> Retardo, my name, my last name's Retardo. There had to be somebody last name Retardo at some point. Uh, so he had a pretty rough upbringing. His mother was a 15-year-old high school dropout called Bonnie Sue Clark. Uh, he was what born was in Houston. Bonnie Sue Clark. Bonnie Sue Clark. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he was allegedly gang raped by older boys when he Ooh. was eight years old. Uh, it's the, hard to be young. It's, you know, <laughs> this is what I say with kids these days, you know, just leave a nasty message on the Facebook page, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this is what they used to do. Yeah. Yeah, back in the 60s and 70s, there was no cyberbullying. There was only <laughs> gang rape behind the convenience store. Yeah. Ooh, Anal yeah. bullying. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not good. So when Koresh was 22, he became a born-again Christian. Uh, he became a part of the Southern Baptist Church and then joined his mother's church, the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And then in 1982, he moved on out to Waco, Texas, Join the Branch Davidians, but what you're asking, what else was David Koresh doing at that time? Was he just loving Jesus? Well, now, was he David Koresh at this time? He was not. He was he, still Vernon he Wayne Howell. He was still Howell. Vernon Howell. Still yeah. Vernon Howell. But so what he was, was there a nobody. He went there, there a nobody. Vernon. Yeah. Stinky yeah. Vernon. <laughs> New Stinky Vernon's coming to the church. No one thought Mr. nothing Ricardo. of him. Yeah. Get out of here before Aren't I'm you? forced to rape you. Are you Vernon from <laughs> middle school? Didn't we call you Mr. Retardo? Let me put your pants down. I just want to take a look at it. I can't Mr. Retardo is here. But he didn't just show up as Dirty Vernon. He showed up as Dirty Vernon, the rockin' dude who could play some sick licks. This is the only reason you should ever go to college, so you can also live a different life that you had in high school. That's the whole point. (laughs) You can remake your whole lifestyle. Also... Yeah, of course the final Christ can shred on the electric guitar. <laughs> if he didn't, I wouldn't believe it was him. That's him right. coming down in a fucking Trans Am that's on fire all around the sides yep. of it. He's riding a skateboard on top of the car, fucking just licking up, you know, like, going 
knock them rails on the crazy was, Jesus used to be able to play a carved out uh, <laughs> squash. <laughs> he could play a carved out squash like nobody's business. Nobody Girl's knows shirts that. just blowing open and their nipples fully erect oh, yeah. just looking at him. Mm. David Koresh did uh, play in a few bands in and around Waco, Texas. Uh, he tried to start his own record company, but because of lack of support and funds, it never got off the ground. <laughs> Everyone. Same, also uh, a connection to Manson. Yep, definitely a connection to Manson. It's said that his status as a rock singer was, quote, localized. <laughs> localized? No, no, no. I, I misspeak. Excuse me. Quote, very localized. Very lo- uh, it's like, that, like, it, that sounds like something you say when you're a public, uh, when you're in the public, uh, when you're like a governor and you're like, don't worry, the swine flu's been localized. <laughs> very localized. Yeah. You're free to go to school now. It's also a way to describe my dad's like comedy career. It's just my dad harassing the man at the butcher at the right. Publix. Like, down I, do comedy, I do comedy in my own living room and I do comedy at Mario's Butcher Shop. Very That's localized. It. Very localized. So 1983, uh, Vernon, let's just keep calling him Vernon until he s- switches his name over to Koresh. Uh, in 1983, Vernon starts claiming the gift of prophecy and he shacks up with Lois Roden, who is the prophetess and leader of the sect. Only thing about that, Lois Roden, 77 years 77 old. 77 years old. So this is a problem. Ooh. I understand. Yeah, he's rock. He's guitar playing dude. He could see in the future, kind of like Christopher Walken from Dead Zone. <laughs> he meets a 77-year-old yeah. woman, mm-hmm. and maybe she's got some swingers, but what she's also got a whole bunch of power behind her. So what you do, mm-hmm. you got to step that dipstick down that <laughs> oil well. Yeah, Good work, yeah. Vernon. It's an old car, but yeah, there's still oil in there, I'm sure. I'm sure you can get that dipstick nice and wet. So Vernon's doing this entire thing to circumvent the man who claims to be the rightful heir to the uh, Branch Davidians. That would be Lois's son, George. Absolutely. In order to, it's kind of like in order for me to get my job on NBC's A to Z, right. I had to murder French Stewart. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Well, very good job. It's very underreported. So, but so this is a little bit on the nose. I mean, people have to be warning this woman to be like, I don't think Vernon really likes you for your physical beauty. Uh, you're 77. You're shade. You're, oh, I, I still almost. got a clinching clam down there. <laughs> you bring okay. it all. You tell you bring me a crooked little stinker and I can make it straight with my, my stinky, stinky hole there. I want to take oh. over the church one day. <laughs> so Lois starts letting David uh, or Vernon preach his own message or message to all of the branch divinity. And he was and just is- being like, you got to love that gray bush. And she's like, God, <laughs> yeah. preach out. <laughs> but this is a very smart way for him to do it because it's yeah. the one angle, the sexual angle, that her son, who is the next in line to lead the church, can't do. No, can't do it. He can never bang it. his own mother to get the position. <laughs> so by 1987, uh, the leadership is split, but with most people going over to Vernon's side. People don't like what George has to say. What mm. I also find, this is only like three degrees away from like an Owen Wilson movie. <laughs> You know, like yeah. it's very close. Right. So Roden, he decides in a last ditch effort to prove that Koresh or Vernon is not the Messiah, he makes a bit of a wager. Oh. And Roden so says. So they like flipped coins and stuff like that, no, right? Like no, they, no, they no. bet on like a bunch of horses. That's, be, that's a good thing to right? wager on. Yeah. No, no. They decided to wager on dead bodies. Oh. George Roden, he goes out to the local cemetery. He digs up the freshest body he can find. And he says, Vernon, if you are the Messiah, you are going to be able to raise this body. And he's like, listen, buddy. Yes, I know. I took your job. 
I've been fucking your mom. Yeah. But what I need you to do here, let's chill out with the wagers, huh? He should have just had the old gal go in there and pretend to be a corpse and then wake up. <laughs> yeah. Everyone would have bought it. <laughs> and, Cover up like Vincent Price. Yeah. He slowly becomes his fucking... He's like playing the calliope. Now rise. The, rise. <laughs> rise. Rise. Uh, well, speaking of quick side note about the mother, George Roden claimed that Koresh had gotten his 77-year-old mother pregnant. And in a mm. later interview, Koresh was quoted as saying, if I took a 70-year-old woman and got her pregnant, you better watch out. I am God. And that's what the quote that was then used by every single person in order to build the, the case against God. them. Koresh. Yeah, 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 just I am God. And he was just being a smartass. Yeah. yeah, with his dick wet with some grandma oil. <laughs> I mean, people are very sensitive to these terms. David Koresh or Vernon at the time. He Sean Lennon got he, it. A bit exactly. and people were really upset with him, and he the, was making some great tunes. Exactly. I was just going to say, John Lennon was loved. He, he dropped words bigger than Jesus, and everybody turned on him, so you can Imagine how uh, people were upset with uh, Mr. Koresh for even mentioning the him and God in the same and sentence. And apparently, um, Jeff Foxworthy said, "Like, uh, you know, I'm you I'm, might be a god uh, if you can put a gonna... baby inside a 77 year old woman's vagina." But he uh, he's very successful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. So uh, Vernon goes to the authorities uh, to file charges against Roden, saying, "You know, okay, he is a grave digger. We must file charges." Which and is, at the what same an ultimate time, rat of just like you doesn't uh, even he didn't even get to do the bet. He didn't even try to bring this person to life. Yeah. He just went. He's like, mm, "I'm telling you, you've been digging up bodies." And he's like, "I'm I'm still doing it." And he's just, <laughs> just like trying to like move the dead body and like I'm alive, I'm alive. Well, this was before Weekend at Bernie's came out, so he wasn't so creative. He didn't have the idea put into his brain by Hollywood yet. You know, I'll say as far as false messiahs go, and I've studied a lot of them, as far as false messiahs go, uh, David Koresh is the most reasonable one yeah. out of them all. Well, let's go back to this and really explain it because this is a brilliant way of getting out of this challenge. He knows he can't raise this woman from the dead. No, he knows. He immediately just goes to the cops, makes himself look rational, and completely gets out of having to perform a miracle. We well, yeah. have several instances of looking very rational to the police. They, they, they You know, when you have problems with the guns later on down the line. He did purchase those guns legally. Yes. Like, they were, the, they were a fine community. I, I'm going to say this again. Any group of people that decide to go live in a bunker in the middle of the desert? A compound, not a bunker. I'm sorry. Because I know Hitler is a bunker. Waco is a compound. We always have to remember that. Yeah. Um, Hitler is a bunker. Waco is a compound. Hitler is a bunker. Waco is a compound. Um, that he didn't answer any questions on his SAT. <laughs> exam, Hitler is a bunker. Waco is a compound for well, pages. Yeah, now that's, um, that's all we've been teaching him. So we still gave him the thirteen hundred because he spelled it all correctly. <laughs> uh, the the pro, pro, anybody who does this sort of scenario is got to be a little weird. Yeah, I don't you know? think that this is that obscene. Though. No. Or that it really isn't. Like I think after checking out these people like quite a bit, watching videos of them, you know, reading about a lot of testimonials, uh, and a lot of the people in Waco, even the sheriff, the local sheriff, mm -hmm. said these were very nice people. He said, you know, I really liked them a lot. A lot of the uh, local uh, people in Waco, they would go out to the compound and they, you know, all shoot guns together at the firing right. range. They were very well respected in the community. No, groovy. Everybody just had armpit hair. Yeah. Yeah, it they seems, were fine. It, they remind me of uh, Hari Krishnas. You know, yeah. they, they've done nothing wrong. I mean, I would love to see them in like a kick line. 
Like just have to con- like everywhere they go, I kind of want somebody to kick them in their butt. But not that hard. No, yeah, you know, just yeah. Just kind yeah, of a yeah. comical kick. Just be like, you guys missed the GameCube. You do yeah. realize that, right? That the GameCube right. ball came out and you all missed it. And they're like, GameCube. All we like, have is yeah. stick and ball. Just want to grab them by their necks and be like, it's 2014. 14. So Roden never actually got charged mm. with exhuming the corpse because the cops told him that they needed photographic evidence in order to uh, convict the guy. So Koresh goes out, a gun battle starts, uh, Roden gets shot in the arm, the sheriff gets there, they get charged with attempted murder. So they, still- ev- they eventually get off, though. However, what is the final nail in the coffin for Roden is that in 1989, at this point, all of the Koresh and his followers are all living in buses and tents in Palestine. Out in uh, Palestine, Texas. Uh, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be a bit out of the way. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a plane ride and a boat ride. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so Roden, unfortunately, in 1989, he killed a guy with an axe to the skull uh, for saying that uh, this guy was the Messiah. Roden was convicted of murder, imprisoned in a mental hospital at Big, Big Spring, Texas. Coincidentally, I know a lot of people who have done time at Big Spring. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also find it. it very interesting. It's kind of like that scenario where they said they took all the people that said they were Napoleon and put them in one room in a French insane asylum. Mm. And they're all like, you know, like, I'm Napoleon. It's like, no, it cannot be for I am Napoleon. The other guy's like, I'm just short and I have an attitude problem. <laughs> wow, I love you know? that. I feel like they could just uh, just uh, call it the conversation that never ends. <laughs> just a bunch of Napoleons in one room. But, but I, you have so we, many people trying to reasonably argue that they are in fact the Messiah of yeah. this group. But can we go? Uh, so okay, so we were, we're in eighty nine now. Has has Vernon become David yet? He becomes David one year later, okay. nineteen ninety. He changes his name legally. Oh. He legally changes his name, and it says in the court documents, it says, "quote." For publicity and business purposes, to David Koresh. So it's interesting that he went through all of this, all of the, and this is the one thing with the ATF that we're going to talk about when it comes to the federal government branding them a cult and a, and a terrorist group. He went through every legal step to get his name changed. He he uh, he understood. Um, societal structure the enough is like, to go through the legal process of doing it. His whole name was David Lollipop Knees, correct? <laughs> yeah, and that was weird. That, that was a little weird. weird. I know. But and what does David Koresh mean? David Koresh, it is kind of a sideways reference to Cyrus the Great. Uh, and Cyrus the Great was uh, a ruler back in the 500, or 500 BC, 600 BC, somewhere around there. And he was one of the guys that helped to lead the Jews out of persecution. The First also, time. a very distant relative of Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> oh, I've heard that. Do you remember him? So no more competition. For, yeah. I do remember yeah. him, of course. Yeah, I remember. And in fact, Billy Ray yeah. Cyrus will come up later. Um, what? Yeah. So Koresh no longer has any competition. His competition yeah. is in prison because he axed a dude in the face. So now mm-hmm. it's sort of everyone's on board. The people even that were questioning Koresh were like, well, we're going with David now. They've moved back into Mount Carmel. Uh, and in fact, the, Mount Carmel used to be uh, a bunch of cottages. But all of the uh, members, when they returned, they tore down all of the cottages and used the lumber from those to be build a compound that we eventually came to know and love. America hates this shit. <laughs> right. What we like is you take those cottages, you burn them down. You cook hot dogs with the fire that you burn those cottages down, mm-hmm. and you build everything else out of aluminum siding. Yep, I, <laughs> they did not have the uh, the typical American aluminum siding. My other question too is, Mark Car- Mount Carmel, now this isn't like a Willy Wonka 
It is not. Type scenario. It is a Bible reference. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, in the Bible, it describes a uh, landscape much like that of Waco, Texas. Flat, dirty, and brown. Made of candy. (laughs) And it's ironic. This was also in Palestine. Uh, no, no, no. This, this is, is Palestine. Oh, Mark. No, this is back in Waco, Texas. This, okay. this is back outside of Waco. Yeah, they've already left Palestine. In fact, in fact, in Texas, it's pronounced Palestine. Well, of course, because Palestine is how they would say yeah. it in the Middle East. And yeah, it, we're different here in Texas. Yeah, it's just like the town in Texas that spells Miami. They call it Miami. That is very interesting, <laughs> That's though. just dumb. That's just dumb <laughs> Texas smell. Um. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace! With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website, all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. I'm I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously, this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere, and I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay, because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year, and that's why I'm going to go full tilt and not only are you going to get the judge reinhold sitting on the clydesdale entire series clothes and non-clothes what we also are going to offer and i mean this we're trying to get into giraffe rides i brought this up the other day we got to start riding other animals but horses take pictures of the horses photoshop the horses into other celebrities but stop riding them save a horse ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as, uh, as far as, uh, what, what the, uh, the environment looks like it's very Middle Eastern yes. in Texas. It's yes, absolutely. Dry and yeah, yeah, yeah. Desert-like. Yeah. And uh, I, I want to mention this fact that will become very important later. When they moved back into Mount Carmel, the former tenants, the people that Roden was renting it out to, they had a meth lab in the uh, compound. They so that was true. There. That was not a rumor. That was No, that was original. there originally was a meth lab there, but as soon as Koresh found it, he called the cops and said, hey, there's a meth lab here. You need to come out and get rid of this. The cops came out. They got rid of it. But this is my other question. Is there something that, because, you know, like, you know, J- Jim Jones, he was, he was a maniac m- masquerading as a messiah. Yeah. David Koresh, the more I read about him and we research this, like, I really tru- do, truly believe that he thought he was helping people from yeah. a genuine place. Yes, but he, does that not make him more dangerous I of think a person? This I, makes him, in my personal opinion, David Koresh was 20 years away from having um, a Brigham Young. You think yes. so? Yeah, I mean, yeah. really. I mean, this is well, just, this is just a religious leader that brought brought his congregation together. They were getting educated. They were, I mean, you know, we'll go into some of the sexual exploits. That's next. Uh, it tends to be a man's downfall, and but it I certainly was it uh, also, Mr. Koresh's as well. But if you put 30 people under a tent, 
There's gonna be fucking. You put it <laughs> well, like, like to be completely on, honest. You know, it's like it's bring him run, bring him young. You don't really don't think he wa- he wasn't finger popping everybody that was around him. Of course, you, you know, know that's one of the things that the yeah. Mormons and the Branch Davidians uh, have in common is that a lot of these uh, new religious sects when they eventually when they start getting big, that's when all the child sex abuse claims. Come of course, in. because they're having sex with the children because those <laughs> are the new women. There's not a lot of people around. Yeah. Well, that does also. I'm not that, saying, again, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying they're fucking... They're they're obviously it probably is, fucking a watermelon too. You know what I mean? Like they, they're calm, carving yeah. holes out of, out of sand. They're fucking a sand. It gets to a point where you're just like, ah, I can fuck Julie. It's a common yeah. theme amongst people in a commune. Yeah. So they've got a compound, and David Koresh is in full on messiah mode. And this is when we start getting into the sex abuse it's allegations. Be so hard to keep those robes clean. Oh, we so got to ask Lord Rael what he uses to keep his <laughs> white so white. Yeah, I think it's a. Uh, public laundromat. (laughs) (laughs) So first of all, when couples come into the Mount Carmel Center uh, or the Mount Carmel compound, they take a vow of celibacy. The only person allowed to fuck is David Koresh. Mm, The reason why is in the scripture that they follow. And they follow all the scripture very, very literally, very tightly. It is said that in the end times, the Messiah will father 24 children. And those 24 children will be the serving the elders that serve over the world that Jesus Christ rules over. As if a bunch of horny priests back in the fucking like prehistory didn't think about that back in the day just being like whoever's leader he's gonna be getting that tush. Oh yeah I mean it's like it's like what it's whatever government has ever done. It's what Congress constantly gives themselves a raise. Yeah. <laughs> well, they won't raise the minimum wage, you know, of course. Hey, guys, yeah. hey, guys, hey, guys. What if the leader is the only one who can fuck? Am I the leader? Oh, I'm not? I don't like it. I don't the, like it. I, I don't, don't like it. Well, I am the leader. I do like it. So we'll go with it. Yeah. So he needs 24 different women to create 24 different uh, children. So... It seems like there weren't a whole lot of women of childbearing age or willing to uh, go through with this. So he had... There was no 77-year-olds there? I mean, there were were a lot of old people there. Maybe, I think, too many because he had to start dipping into into the youngers just a little bit. And let me say... Before we go off on this, this is definitely... I, I will go ahead and say, remember, there's right, there's wrong, and there's the law. Yes. In Texas. At this time, it's not true anymore. He loves to give this breakdown, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, lo- I mean, I just like point making points. You know, I just want to say this before Marcus says this. In Wisconsin, we were the last uh, state to change the drinking age uh, from eight, it was 18 for a long time to 21. So that's what we were all obsessed with, <laughs> was drinking alcohol. But in Texas, they had a different age restriction. Yes, we did. Up until a few years ago, the age of consent and the age of marriage, along with per- parental consent, was 14. Ooh. It's just a touch young. <laughs> 14 years old. 14 years old. How what annoying it would be to have a 14-year-old boyfriend or girlfriend. That's got to just be, ah, come yeah. on. There's, like, so theoretically, two 14-year-old kids could get parental posi- permission to marry. And Absolutely. They, they just have a house? It's no what, different what does than, that look like? It is no different than my two retarded cousins getting married. And, and they can't have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, you know. 
I mean, it's a fun house to be in, though, to be fair. And there's also, there was one... Spaghetti every night. Mm, yeah, but we don't we don't eat spaghetti with, with forks, though, because uh, I, I mashed the fork together and made it a knife. So there were there was one allegation of a uh, pre, you know, I guess prepubescent girl saying that David Koresh uh, molested her. She was a part of a, uh, you know, there were a couple of disgruntled members. There were a couple of people that got the fuck out of there. Right. And she testified that David Koresh had molested her at the age of 10. But her mother didn't believe her. Her grandmother didn't believe her. Uh, and the uh, sheriff came in and investigated these claims. And he didn't find any evidence, nor did he find her credible. Her story kept changing, this and that. So there was no actual Which is evidence. another, you know, you we cover all the time, which is not believing the victim. Yeah. It's constantly right. But then it also, the allegations also came from people like Mark Bro. No, we'll Mark talk about, Bro. You know, Absolutely. like Mark Bro is one of those guys who showed up and tried to like take the seat from David Koresh right. mm -hmm. but he didn't have enough gumption to fight him and then went to police saying like oh he's fucking kids over there yeah right exactly so uh, so just to clarify just a little bit because this case is so insane uh, insane so we're in 1990 now yeah the the compound is in full swing yeah. this is pretty much the peak of his power I mean we're getting more into 91 92, 91, now. 92. we're getting we're, we are, are they, we are almost we're actually right now we're probably in about December 1992. No, they, we're only a few months away from the raid. Have they right. built the compound already? Absolutely. So it's all compounded out. Everyone, is it national news yet? Is it? No. Does everybody know about Koresh? Nobody knows does about Koresh. Does law enforcement, uh, law well, enforcement care local, about Koresh? Local law enforcement has zero problem Because that's okay. what they say. They said like they had several important mayor, mayors. There was like a judge that ended up being a Supreme Court judge. There was another, like a one, a former, uh, I a guess. Mayor, there was a mayor that became the uh, head of the uh, FBI. The FBI and then a uh, uh, future governor of Texas and Richards, Richards was from Waco was one of their neighbors yeah. and they all said the same thing they're a peace loving group that just kind of, I mean they're weird and stinky but yeah. they uh, just kind of play tambourines and hang out in the compound so the people oh tambourines no they have <laughs> outside <laughs> Ann Richards sent in the National Guard Ann oh I wish she was still around that immigration crisis wouldn't be happening if Miss Ann Richards was there so all the local government and the people that are actually affected by this uh, compound of religious fanatics don't have any problem with them whatsoever. No. None whatsoever. It is not until Mark Bro, as uh, Henry mentioned, Mark Bro gets kicked out because uh, he's in a power struggle with Koresh. He gets yeah. kicked out. He vows revenge on them. So he starts calling up a bunch of different agencies saying they're stockpiling weapons. Mm -hmm. uh, there's child abuse going on now, there. So it's true, too, that the, in order for them to fund a lot of their day-to-day -day activities, mm -hmm. they moved, not moved guns, but they, they bought did. guns and resold completely guns legal. at gun shows. Com all completely legal. What I thought was so interesting, and it was such a good, uh, just a total mental perspective perspective shift they were talking to one of the branch davidians and they were you know how weird we consider it like a uh, an arsenal of weapons yeah. like a full-on artillery 225 and, guns it was said they had and he was saying it wasn't an arsenal it was uh it, it was a um what do you call it uh inventory yeah inventory. it was just inventory like we run a business yeah. our business is selling guns at gun shows it's just our inventory and there were 130 people living there you know, and also, and they were saying there was discrepancies over what they saw in there. They, they like the, the, that one thing where people were saying like uh, FBI agents came and saw ATF agents saw like the fifty caliber machine guns, and they're like, "There's no such thing as a fifty caliber machine gun." Not. Do you but, know how fucking insane a fifty caliber caliber machine gun would be? I don't. Is that the one that um, 
that Superfly used. Yeah, I think it was that. Yeah, I think no, a fifty caliber machine gun will liquefy a person from, or just a fifty caliber gun, a fifty caliber sniper rifle mm. will liquefy a head from two hundred yards away. That's I want to see it. That's what David Koresh's elderly gal there. Yeah, that's what she got. Yeah, yeah. and you're talking yeah, about she liquefied. used her mouth to liquefy that yeah, head. Liquefy, I'll liquefy your head. Yeah. yeah. So this guy's, and he's also calling up the cult awareness network. Network and the cult awareness network, mm. or people that you know, it was kind of created in the wake of Jonestown, where sure. they would go in, they would kidnap cult but members. They had very tenuous connections to the beginnings of Scientology as well. Ooh. Like the, the cult awareness network is a very interesting group yeah. that could actually have its own episode of their connections. Because yeah. then that's what they did. Because the United States government used the cult awareness network heavily to kind of frame the Waco scenario mm -hmm, so that they right. can sell it to the people that were going and raiding them for good reason. And again, yeah. not, an, not a difficult sell. No. You know, no, the people no. turned on Lenin when he mentioned, uh, you know, Jesus. It's no. very easy to make Koresh seem like a monster. Very easy. And so it's at this point that uh, people start paying attention to the Branch Davidians. So now and we're in 92? We're in, 19, we're in 1992, late 93. Okay. Because it's in 1992 or earlier that year, because this whole thing happened, the Waco thing happened in early, uh, early 1993. It's in 1992 that Ruby Ridge happens. And okay. Ruby Ridge is an, a very infamous uh, thing that a lot of militia members cite as the U.S. government. Uh, it's a big Second Amendment thing where this guy uh, and his family had a bunch of guns. Uh, the ATF went in and ended up killing two people, wounding two people. Like four ATF agents died. Huge PR disaster. Yeah. So at this point, the ATF is looking to polish up their image a little bit. And they're looking around for different places where they could do these really big, right. really public raids where they they can look like badasses. They can take a bunch of people I mean, they down. Want, they wanted to have their Harlem Globetrotters going against the Washington Generals moment. Easy yeah. You know, yeah, they yeah. were just like, it's going to be a setup game. Everyone hates David Koresh. He thinks he's God. Let's yeah, take no, him this down. Is, this is the police Oscars. Right. You know, like, we want to win best picture this year. But they want to be Meryl Streep. And yeah. they're like, guaranteed a victory. Yeah. Very yeah. good. This thing lasted 51 days. The ATF, while they were planning it, they were expecting it to last 20 minutes. Their plan right. was to go in, videotape this. It's, it's going to last right. 20 minutes. We're going to have some great footage, and then we're going to get the fuck out no of there. No more U.S. military actions in any desert-related lands. <laughs> yeah. We just don't do well unless there's ga uh, grass and trees about. So the search warrant comes up. The whole thing well, is behind... Well, wasn't so good, I guess. It's a flawed theory. But unless they're the Germans, we don't do well against them. Well, think about all the great food we got from Nam. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> you yeah. know, I love a pad Thai. That's Thailand. I love a uh, general Ban Mi. Yeah. Ban Mi is great. Great sandwich. So the whole thing is behind a search warrant. The ATF, they put out a search warrant for, they say, illegal guns. They say these people right. have modified AK-47s. Uh, they say that they have certain guns that they haven't paid the proper taxes mm. on, like a $200 tax. Which is really the thing here. Yeah. Is uh, like, that's where it came from, like, because they didn't pay taxes on these guns. Yeah. Right. And then I it's mean, like they incensed. As we yeah. And a government. lot of this comes down from the Department of Treasury. Like at the, sure. in, at the, at the end of the day, the Department of Treasury, that's the head of the body at this whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's trickling all down to the ATF and eventually the FBI. I mean, who can't trust the, the old IRS? You know, they're, <laughs> they're so good. Great Such people a trustworthy over there. Oh, yeah. But again, as we know, if we talk, we've talked about on, on all of the podcasts that we do, 
you're always breaking the law. Yeah. If the government wants to find you uh, guilty, they can find you guilty of something, or yeah. at least enough reasonable doubt to go in there and mess with your life. Absolutely. And this search warrant, included in the search warrant, not just all of the gun stuff, two-thirds of the search warrant, the vast majority of the search warrant, talked about the child abuse allegations. Yes. Even though the ATF has no jurisdiction whatsoever to investigate child abuse And that claims. also pretty much came from the, 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 the testimony of Mark Brow. Yeah. Like, he came out and he said that he right. was fucking children, which, I mean, technically he was, but legally, according to the lovely state of Texas, Marcus, <laughs> right. yes, legally he was having sex with young kids. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, it is, it's Texas. I mean, what can you yeah. do? You can't, uh... Yeah. And the uh, allegations that uh, the ATF put in uh, their search warrant, there were things that were already taken care of. Like, first of all, uh, a neighbor said that they heard machine gun fire on their property. Uh, a sheriff went out to investigate, and it was said that David Koresh owned something called a Hellfire Trigger. What is a Hellfire Trigger? It just makes, it kind of makes, makes it loud. louder. It makes it louder. It makes it, it fire louder? just a little bit faster. Like, it's not, it makes it fire faster, but not illegal faster. Ah. Uh, right. Yeah. It's still the same bullet. I mean, you know, these, like, yeah. these branch of Indians, they should have been lawyers. Yeah. The way yeah. they are successfully navigating all these laws. Fucking oh, yeah. kids. Awesome guns. Man. Yeah. And, not <laughs> only, and not only that, but in the lead up to this, the ATF started going out to uh, the gun store in Waco where a lot of their guns funneled through. And uh, the owner of the place right. called up Koresh and said, hey, the ATF is here asking about you. And Koresh said, tell them to come on out. Right. Yeah, like, we got, he's like, shit. yeah, he's like, we got nothing to hide. Just fucking c come on out. Because they're starting to get nervous. Right. Because they're starting to, I mean, they're starting to hear the shit. Branch the Branch Davidians are starting to get nervous. Well, it's because now, what's really weird about this whole process is that the ATF was doing, like, like basically talking to the newspapers about how, like, we're going to get these Branch Davidians, like, mm -hmm. and, like openly for them well, to read in the newspaper. From yeah. what and, I recall, and like you were saying, again, this is where the ATF is going to save face. Yeah. You know, this is going to be their big victory. Well, they're laugh, literally and everyone's calling gonna love the what shot. They're, doing. they're right. calling the shot like mm -hmm. Babe Ruth. And they're and like, we're going to go and get those Branch of Idiots. Right. They're like, we're just doing macrame. And as the media here. covered Babe Ruth and left out the fact he was a raging alcoholic, racist, wife abuser, mm. uh, so did the media leave out that the fact that ATF is completely overstepping the bounds of the federal government, uh, you know, should be controlled. Well, what happened uh, with that with the newspapers the is that the ATF, they originally wanted the uh, element of surprise. So the newspapers weren't supposed to release that guys, stuff. guys, guys, we're going to dress up like 30 pizza delivery men. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to make the call? She's like, yeah. oh, so how are these guys? Should we do like 15... 15 vegetable pizzas and then yeah. a couple of meat lovers. Uh, I think you're focusing too much on the pizza. There's going to be no actual pizza in the box. We're going to need some of those, those, you know, those bags to keep the pizzas hot. We're going to need some Domino's. Doesn't packs. matter. No pizzas are actually in the box whatsoever. You know, so. what we're going to need is some Hyundai Sonatas. <laughs> that does not That's the perfect pizza delivery call. Well, I got some fake zits I put on my face. We can get the, <laughs> we can get the Hondas. Uh, and it's not, not only this, but at the time, uh, Waco, their district attorney, the Waco, their prosecution of gun cases were at a record high, higher than most other districts in all of I America. I also imagine that the district attorney of Waco is like literally sitting on a, like a chair made out of guns. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so guns, guns are great. You can build a whole tent out of a gun. Yeah. yeah. So on February 28th, 1993, over 100 ATF agents, along with three helicopters, 
show up at the compound. And the Branch Davidians, they definitely knew the raid was coming because since this was a PR move, uh, the ATF, their publicity woman... They sent, like, photographers and and reporters. Yeah, they called up the local news station and said, hey, we're going to be doing this raid, but they didn't tell them what time it was, so the reporters showed up 30 minutes before the fucking raid began. And this is, you know... Meanwhile, like Mary Beth has been sewing new dresses for all of David Koresh's baby wives, and she's like, oh, the fashion show reporters are here. Right, and they're out right. there doing like long skirt fashion shows out in front of the compound. Yeah. But this is where the theories, and the, this is this is really where the media and the government do work together to oh, create God, yes. a single narrative. It's pretty interesting. At no thing. point should the media be allowed to be tipped off by the government. They're like, oh, okay, yes, government. I mean, did you ever ask... Why? 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 Why are you guys going in there to David Koresh's it's place? Like, I don't think to they cared. To Alex Jones about it, but you see on TV and in the newspapers and on the internet what the government wants you to see. Of course, well, it, there is, was just it that, is framed. There was just that woman, uh, or a bit off topic, but when it comes to this subject, it's uh, the woman who was reporting the uh, the war that's going on in Israel and pa- uh, Palestine right now. They're bombing the uh, Israel is just destroying Gaza. She was up there on a uh, mountaintop watching with a bunch of Israelis. They were just laughing. I mean, they th- it was. Like like they were watching, uh, I want to say um, Big Bang Theory. Big Bang, because you know, <laughs> Israel, Big Bang show. Theory is a huge show. <laughs> I was thinking maybe Perfect Strangers. I think that just got over there as well. And she tweeted out, uh, you know, these people are acting like monsters, watching all these folks get de- uh, destroyed. Next mm-hmm. day, fired. Yeah, oh, immediately yeah. fired because she was, uh, you know, pointing out. There's a hardline thing. We are not getting very much information about what's going on. You over really have to watch them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. All, all the news channels a, and yeah, and there's a lot of other. Uh, as far as Gaza goes, there's a lot of other. It's examples a theater. Of that. Anyways, yeah, yeah. 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 So th- this this reality show yeah. before MTV's Real World was yeah. uh, was the compound and, that David Koresh. Was and I can give you a very good example of the media colluding with the government in this uh, actual uh, spot in this actual. Waco siege, there's a point in during the siege in which the Branch Davidians rolled out this huge banner and it said, God help us, we need the press. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, and right. and then the next right. thing is a bunch of press people with their arms around each other, all smiling, and they all say in unison, "God help us, we are the press." Oh uh, man! Right. So the press was uh. against him, which means they're gonna lose. Yeah. I mean, you look at the civil rights movement as well. The press was used for more of a beneficial. I mean, obviously, civil rights was a, was a good cause for the press. Yeah, but they were always out there, front line, because yeah. they knew if if it's recorded, it's not gonna be as brutal. And not not only that, the raid, the video of this raid was originally given to a local Waco television station, but the version that all of us see, if you watch the video of the raid, it is very badly it's edited. It's kind of insanely cut together because yeah. it's jumps in time and just being like, you don't think I can't see that? Yeah. I see them shift positions. It's so weird. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, it, you're... Making it look like how I watch a porno. You watch the first 44 <laughs> seconds of the chick being like, I can't wait to have some big dong, and then you fast forward to the final three minutes. So let's go into this raid full on. So these guys come what, what's out. What's the date now? Uh, this is uh, February 28th, 1993. February 28th, and this is the initial raid. This is the initial raid. So about, a hun- I mean, just dozens of agents all pile out of these huge cattle cars, uh, which have just, all they have, the only protection they have is just these tarps over these cattle cars. These 
these guys fly out. And the ATF, by the way, is not very well trained with assault rifles and it's pistols. It's really strange how few for what they do. If you yeah, if you're you the watch, firearms bureau, if you well, watch the footage, they're hold, they are handling their guns like idiots. When you show the video of the dude climbing climbing the ladder, he reaches because basically they put ladders on top of the sides of the compound in order to climb up onto the roof. They show this video. This police officer's climbing ladder. He reaches for his gun accidentally discharges in his holster and shoots himself in the leg. He falls off the fucking... Like, it's yeah. a police academy movie. <laughs> yeah, you do get the feeling it was like, all right, today's gun training. We're going to watch Die Hard. It's going to be great. Uh, so they say that the Branch Davidians fired first. However, if you look at the front door of the compound, which is a metal door, the only holes that you see are bullets going in. And it's mm. said that what that first shot actually was was one of the ATF agents accidentally fired off their gun so all the rest of the ATF agents went ape shit they and just started unloading yeah, into the just house. Yeah, just swiping the whole front of the house. And it's kind of like the act, the very popular theory of what actually happened at JFK, which I truly believe. Yeah, right. which, is, which is a secret uh, a secret service officer. They have uh, unsafetyed M16 rifles underneath the uh, seats of the security limos. When they were driving behind JFK, where they really believed that it was a nervous new secret service member lifted up the AK, fell in the back of the seat and accidentally discharged it and blew the back of JFK's head off. Yeah. Which is very interesting. I believe that's what happened. Again, I mean, there's I also out of Prince Academy <laughs> 9. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's what happened, but we'll get it. We'll do that. We'll do a whole nother episode on that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, was was Bobcat Goldthwait uh, in the ATF at the time? That's what I'm going to I will know. say the problem was that it turns out the guy who does all the sound effects He's Lee Harvey Oswald in that movie. Oh, the black fella. He's quite good, oh, but it was all just sounds and bloopers, and the girl with the big tits and Hightower was there. Right, great right. movie. Yeah, I love absolutely it. great movie. So they, uh, the ATF maintains that they were a part of an ambush, but Ugh. there how is... Were th- by the way, how could they have been a part of an ambush? They or, were the ones attacking. Or, they, I mean, being a victim the of the ambush. A but, victim of the ambush. No way. But, I, you know, that someone made a very, very good point that if they wanted to ambush them, the ATF showed up in these big cattle trailers. And again, with, press was there 30 minutes before. Yeah, these huge they cattle trailers. They read about trailers. it in the newspaper. It was scheduled. Yeah. <laughs> with these huge tarps over them. If they really wanted to ambush them, they could have mowed them down in a matter of minutes before they even got... I mean, I'm talking D-Day style. The Branch Davidians could have won the Yeah, the, the Branch war. Davidians, yeah. they could have well, mowed these guys down. David Koresh was really smart and knew, hey, they come and unload on a compound full of unarmed, like, women and children, they're going to get bad press out of this. Yeah. Uh, like, that's, like, their ultimate defense. Yeah, okay. and some of the guys in the Branch Davidian compound did return fire, but Koresh said that it was young guys. Like, yeah. just young guys that were scared shitless, and they just kind of unloaded. And again, that is not illegal. You have a right to defend your property. Mm-hmm. If somebody comes up to your property, regardless of they're the sheriff or the ATF, I mean, you can't, if, if you're getting shot well, at, I mean. Texas kind of has a stand your ground kind of law, it's right? It's property law. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so as soon as they start shooting, the Branch Davidians call 911. And I've heard right. the calls. These people are fucking terrified. Of course they are. They're seeing yeah. helicopters come out of the sky. I have yeah. problems with just. Seeing helicopters just out in the sky alone by and these, myself. Mm-hmm. And these helicopters are strafing the top. There are ATF agents right. in the helicopters firing down. And there's at least there was a, one woman who was nursing her baby. She got shot through the hand. It went out the uh, her elbow. Right, right. Uh, and there was a guy that was one of the main guys, one of uh, David Koresh's like, right-hand men, uh, who was killed when... Uh, 
bullets from the helicopters came in through the walls while he was in his bedroom. And this was when... Uh I, I forget who it was. Somebody went, well, ran in to see uh, this man covered in water because they had uh, destroyed the water supply, which mm-hmm. was, a, of course, a, uh, a military tactic. They took out yes. their supplies for water. I mean, mm-hmm. th- these aren't accidents, you know? So this next part that I want to talk about. As long about. as they don't mess with the saltines. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Leave my crackers alone. There's something about cults. Love saltines. What are you talking I'm, about? T- I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You got kids in a cult. What is your saltines sauce for this? But it was like the guys. I used to work at a YMCA. But the guys <laughs> knew all over the he- what Heaven's Gate. Yeah. When they said like they would, you go to this one restaurant, Heaven's Gate, and they'd all get the chicken pot pie. Gotta get it. Love the chicken pot pie. I'm you know you. that these guys are eating a lot of casseroles, a lot of chicken pot mm-hmm. pie. And all- cult kids may have more saltines. Cult kids like, can't get enough of them. Get yeah. out of here, kid. Right. So this next part comes from a doctor. Documentary that was circulated around the United States by various right-wing militias called The Big Lie. It's kind of entertaining, though. It's, very, it's a it homemade is. video made by, I, I would guess, the uh, 90s version of Orly Tates, ah. uh, except a little bit more credible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's what she says about the initial raid. The uh, most famous uh, shot that we can see is these three agents, uh, or these four agents, breaking in a window, uh, tearing down a curtain, and then going and Side. So what she says happens is that these three agents, they enter the window, and as soon as the three are inside, there's a cut, and a fourth agent that was on the roof, there's a cut where he's suddenly outside of the window, and he appears to grab a grenade off of his belt and right. throw a grenade into the window right behind, behind the, the agents, yes. and then he takes out his machine gun and fires twice into the window and it's kind of it's like it's a little bit like he can't really explain it unless he was trying to kill his own people the men who were killed all three of them allegedly were members of Bill Clinton's secret service while Bill Clinton was on campaign while Bill Clinton was president of the United States of America what are you hiding Clinton what are you hiding I understand the tone of voice you're you're saying there's a conspiracy I don't, I don't know what it would be I don't understand where the conspiracy is though. I don't either. <laughs> well, I haven't good, been yeah. able to figure it out yet. Well, this was back in the day when he was doing like secret McDonald's, McDonald's runs before he was like, I mean, he, he trying had to a whole camera weight. crew with him. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you know, I don't know. It's kind of like this whole like Casey Kasem Israel-Palestine conflict conspiracy theory that I'm working on right now. I haven't connected the dots yet, no. but I'm gonna, motherfucker. Well, Top either. ten places Casey Kasem is right now. Uh, <laughs> buried in a, in a planter. I like that one. Um, mm. uh, he's 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 at the the Ripley Believe It or Not Museum as the world's oldest skeleton yeah. <laughs> man. I don't know. Well, this case is so uh, so interesting on its own. We don't even need those wackadoo conspiracy theories. <laughs> so did this did this documentary about what happened on the initial raid? Because obviously, then what, what, we have fifty one days. Yeah, with, fifty one days. Was this circulating during that time? No, or did this, this come cir- out completely uh, post late ninety three. Okay, right. it was yeah. This happened in February, so this I think the the video came out late ninety three, uh, maybe early ninety four. But I believe it was the same year. So on the twenty. 28th, all the ATF went in there. How long did that fight take? Two hours. Two hours, and then the ATF retreated. Yeah, the ATF retreated because the ATF ran out of ammo. Literally, ra- and at this point, again, the Branch Davidians showing extreme... Restraint. Um, extreme yeah. restraint, yeah. yeah. They, they could have mowed them all down again. They, they could have killed every single one of them, but as soon as uh, they started retreating, the Branch Davidians, any fire, which was very minimal, any right. fire that they were putting out, completely stopped. And you do get the feeling at this point, two hours 
hours in when the ATF ran out of bullets, they were really upset with the truck full of pizza. <laughs> you know, they were like, we should have filled. We didn't even use the plant. Throw, throw the, plant. the pepperoni at them. I got an idea, guys. We still sell the pizza. Make the money back up for the raid. You know oh, what okay. I'm saying? That's why you're on board. So three additional people uh, tried to return to the compound. They had gone to work that day. They tried getting back into the compound. One guy was shot as he tried to climb over the wall. He was shot seven times, once through the eye, once through the heart, and five times in the back. And then they just left him on that fence. They left him on the fence for five days. Mm. Wild dogs were eating at his body. And then they finally got the body this with is a an American citizen. This is an American citizen. This is an American citizen, citizen killed by the, a, a government organization. But isn't yeah. there a clause that the American government's not allowed to use their military on us? And here is how they got around that. There is, it's called, uh, I believe, prima facie, in which it is illegal for the United States government to use military force against its own citizens. However, the National Guard can be deployed if drugs are suspected. Or if there's a McHale's Navy type hijack scenario that needs to be done. Yeah, if Kelsey Grammer's involved. (laughs) And if Kelsey Grammer's involved, drugs are definitely suspected. (laughs) And because of the previous meth lab that had been found in there, they used that as... I mean, it was... So Koresh's goodwill, Koresh's... Going to the police mm-hmm. and, and doing it all the proper way, getting this drug lab completely shut down, arresting the individuals that ran the damn thing, I believe, mm-hmm. yeah. was the ultimate reason that they were able to just murder a bunch of citizens. Yeah. Yes. That's why they were able to bring in the helicopters, all of the body armor, and eventually, which we'll get to later, the fucking tanks. Right. But in the interval between the initial raid and the second final raid, uh, this is when there is a lot of of negotiations going on uh, this whole time because four ATF agents were killed in this raid. 20 more were wounded. And since federal agents were killed in the raid, the FBI was brought in. And the FBI takes over from the ATF. And that's when the tanks come with them. Multiple, huge military tanks against 130 Men, women, and children. Mostly right. a lot of elderly people, a lot of mothers, and a right. lot of children. And going back to the, um, you know, what Israelis uh, often say about the Palestinians and Hamas and things like that, they say that they use human shields and things, which yeah. may or may not be true with Hamas. But that was the one claim that the, that, uh, the news media was making up uh, as well when it came to Koresh and the Branch Davidians, that they were using kids and mm-hmm. women as, uh, you know, uh, you know, in the front line so that, uh, you know, no one, no one would attack. I just don't understand how but the first really raid true. just didn't work. Because they ran out of ammo. And I don't think they knew why they were there. It and was they had no if, idea what they were doing. And they spent three they, days training for this, uh, but they were training with, like, Delta Team. But these guys didn't know how to raid a compound. These guys are used to raiding apartments. And if you see they raided a house at Ruby Ridge, that fucked up, too. They couldn't handle one dude in a cabin. Yeah. How are they going to handle 130, 130 people? people in a hidden compound with underground bunkers and mm-hmm. all this shit? But, you yeah. know, you go back. I mean, this... This sort of stuff still happens today. Of course, we had Clive and Bundy. Mm-hmm. We talked about him a lot on Top Hat. Uh, and, of course, ATF came in there. And uh, at this point, I feel like they're so much more gun-shy than they were. I, there oh, yeah. hasn't really been a uh, 
a uh, Koresh-like situation. Well, they they cannot do it anymore. No. There's too much media attention. Well, everyone's There's got GoPros on their on their the heads. The brain civilians would have a Twitter account. They'd be live tweeting from the inside of the while the raid was happening. And it's funny because mm-hmm. Clive Bundy did do that exact tactic of putting women and children up front. Absolutely, but the Branch civilians did not put did, women and yeah. children up front. In fact, the FBI requested that they send out a video, like just let us know that the children are okay. We know there's a lot in there. Just let them let us know that they're mm-hmm. doing fine. So the Branch Davidians made this huge long video in which they multiple interviewed videos. The multi- FBI, yeah, multiple videos. The, the FBI gave them the cameras. Yeah, the FBI yeah. gave them the cameras. They gave it's them so multiple videos. It's so interesting how these negotiations mm-hmm. work. Yeah. How like they were actively talking the whole yeah, time. The whole time. And they were like, we're here, man. We're here. You're yeah. keeping us inside here. In fact, the FBI were the only people they could talk to because they shot off their electricity, water, uh, and telephone lines. They could only talk to the FBI. Right. So they make this video, these multiple videos uh, talking to children, talking to uh, co- congregation members. And, and Koresh and, had been shot during the original yes, uh, raid. He had been shot and he showed his bullet wound. He gives it to the FBI, but the FBI, after they get it, here's what the official report mm-hmm. said. That night, the Davidians sent out a videotape of the children in the compound. The negotiator's log shows that when the tape was reviewed, there was concern that if the tape were released to the media, Koresh would gain much sympathy. Right. Of course, because they're all just sitting in there. Like, it's just them taking care of their kids, and they're not doing anything. And the, and the interesting thing about Koresh, he wasn't so... Um, what's the the large word to describe like a mastermind that's a Like a megalomaniac. Thing? That's yeah. right. I was trying to talk to my friend Dave about it. He, he's a megalomaniac. Uh, But he wasn't really like that. He was actually a relatively subdued personality. He had the same problems of anybody who believes that they're the Messiah. No, but he did believe. He believed that he was an extension of Jesus, but he did not claim to be. He always said that Jesus was better than him. Yeah, he wasn't like David Icke in a in a pantsuit in in an '89 (laughs) interview in in uh, British TV on British TV claiming to be Jesus. And in fact, he called himself. And this term was eventually turned around on him. he called himself the sinful messiah. I also have the, I, sh- I probably started, I should use that line if I'm ever like applying for a job again. It's a great right. interview tactic of yeah. just being like, hey, listen, I know Jesus is better than me. But at the same time, mm-hmm. let me fuck your wife. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time, the FBI is doing their best to drive these people insane. They're using all of the uh, siege tactics. They've got right. these bright stadium lights on them at all times. Uh, they're playing Nancy Sinatra's These Boots Are Made For Walking great over song, and though. over and over. Love that song. Oh, yeah. Love that whole album. It's great. They, these days, you would have gotten a fucking... Uh, Metallica. Uh, no, Metallica or... Uh, Taylor Swift. Who's the other guy who sings the grenade for you? That guy. That uh, that the guy with the big hair. Who's, uh, uh, Bruce, Bruce Lenny Kravitz. Bruce Maydahl. Daryl Woolery. <laughs> That's his name. Yeah. <laughs> but the worst things they blasted at them, uh, they blasted the sound of rabbits being slaughtered. Slaughtered. Hmm. Do you guys know what rabbits dying sounds like? No, hey, but I bet guys, you that you do. Hey, hey, guys, stop it! Um, come on now, come on. Uh, no, it's uh, more like this. You know what, though? It just makes me think of, like, stew. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's walking around the uh, compound just rock hard. They don't know why. For hours on end. Let's hear it one more time. Yeah. 
I had this really delicious rabbit stew in New Orleans. <laughs> You're not supposed to think of food when you hear rabbits being just massacred. I just, it's just delicious. It was yeah. so good. So the FBI, uh, in addition to blasting all of this bullshit at them all the time, they also take to mooning them. Which is, you know, cops having fun. We always, I told this story about my dad. Play, like yeah, blasting right. polka music into yeah. the Bronx and stuff. Like, cops have a great sense of humor. Yeah, and well, except for when the uh, after the Branch Davidians buried one of their members out front, the uh, FBI came out with one of their tanks and just rolled over the grave over and over and over right. again. Some jokes are polarizing. <laughs> yeah, I would argue they're not so much. They're not real funny uh, unless you were on the side of the person making the joke. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. They also to- ran over all their cars uh, with the tanks. They ran over all the kids' go karts. I mean, honestly, right. it, in certain parts of Texas, the guy, the Branch of Davidians, would have thought that was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, oh shit, you're. Fine. Oh, there he goes. It was monster truck. Yeah. So the the guy, the FBI says that you know Koresh lied to them five times about coming out. He said I'm going to come out, okay. and then I'm not. There was only one time where he said I want a message played to the world. After you play it, I'll come out. They played the message to the world. They sent it to all the media, and then he said. God says it's not the right time. Yeah, but it was, was the message. It was well, him just playing Kokomo on the kazoo. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> Very talented. And what, by, what, what was that message? Uh, the message was just, uh, you know, I want to talk to people. I want to give them my message. I want to tell them that we're not bad people. Right. You know, shit like that. Uh, but, you know, here's a, a one thing that uh, I believe uh, really speaks towards him is that people were allowed to leave anytime they wanted to. Right. But as soon as they left, they were arrested. And 11 people went on trial for the deaths of those original four ATF agents. Oh, because they they got persecuted. Yeah, yeah, as soon as they got out. But they were all acquitted, all 11. Yeah, all 11 were acquitted. But that doesn't mean their lives weren't completely trashed with legal fees. Mm -hmm. Like, your life is pretty much over. Well, I mean, you know. And then the threats start coming in. Uh, The Branch Davidians, they're talking on the phone to uh, the FBI, and they start really getting into their heads like they could just set this place on fire. Yeah. And we'd all die. Like that, that's just, and right. so the guy, t- and, uh, you know, the guy that they were talking to said, you know, we only have one fire extinguisher in, in here. And the FBI agent goes, somebody ought to buy some fire insurance. Oh. Right. And at this time, again, so their, their narrative, you know, that they're sending to the media is getting completely twisted and yeah. turned. And really everyone just thinks, because, you know, we were I was 11, 12, 13 years old during 10. this time. Yeah. Well, they never um, I had a it. shot. I just never remember had shot. a shot. I remember the the picture of David Koresh with his hair all wild and crazy, right. and then mm-hmm. a bunch of people all like huddled in a thing, and then the shot of Waco on fire, and all you think is like, oh, it's just a bunch of crazy people. Yeah, right. No, not at all. Uh, in fact, the uh, what the people inside they wanted a press member to be a go between between them and the FBI uh, because the FBI kept constantly lying to them about stuff. I've heard the transcript. I've heard the uh, audio recordings. Right. They, they're just constantly catching them in lies. Uh, but finally, and these were some smart people. Even the uh, they the were. I mean, number- a couple of them were Harvard grads. Right. Like yeah. they were they had, idiots. They well, one had of the no guys- choice but to lie, though. Yeah. They had no choice. Yeah. I mean, they were trying to, I mean, they kept saying they were trying to get him out of there, but one day they finally hit a breakthrough. David Koresh said, all right, God has spoken to me. He has said, write things down, start writing. You need to start writing about the seven seals. And he told the FBI, he said, I have deciphered the first seal. Uh, The interpretation that I had earlier, the prophecies of dying are not going to be fulfilled. I just need to write these seven seals 
and once they're all deciphered, then we will come and out. And it was just like one of his hot pockets got burnt. Right, <laughs> Like right. in the oven, and he's just like, this is the sign. Yeah. He's just like, I just think the oven, I think that the dial on the oven's broken. He's no, like, that's Jesus Christ! <laughs> right. No, look at it, look at it. No, look at it. It looks kind of, uh, it looks like Jesus's <laughs> foot. Just get away from me. And the, nego- <laughs> right. and the negotiators that were talking to him, the people that are working on the psychological profiles, the people working on the psychological profiles said, do not engage these people. Do not be aggressive with them. Just let it run its course. Negotiators said, this is a huge breakthrough. We're on our way. Uh, but unfortunately... Attorney General Janet Reno didn't feel like waiting around. No. Well, you know, I mean, usually uh, attorney generals don't have such big balls. You know? <laughs> I miss her. Oh, she yeah. was huge. I miss a the good old-fashioned th- ugly person in office. You don't yeah. get a lot of them anymore. Not anymore. Well, uh, Will Ferrell did a great impression of Janet oh, Reno. Play my song. <laughs> Janet Reno's probably dance the, party? Yeah, probably my boots were made for walking, as a matter of fact. That was probably her song. But, I mean, this was definitely an attempt uh, an attempt by Koresh to just buy time. Yes. I mean, some people say it was an attempt to buy time, but, you know, I believe the negotiators, when they say it was not an attempt to buy time, this was the breakthrough that they were looking for to say, like, all right, they will come out. Eventually. No, it's like convincing, you know, like Johnny Depp to like finally come out of his trailer by saying, yes, we'll call you Don Quixote for the day. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. that's what they're like, yes, of course. Yes. yes Let yes, him just yes, finish yes. this journal. But public at- opinion at that time, this thing had been going on for 51 days. The vast public opinion was go in, get him. Right. Like, you got to go in. Like, people like, oh, this, bunch of bl- this is money. before. This, I mean, we, we make fun of, uh, you know, keeping up with the Kardashians and all these ridiculous reality shows. But at least it's not the O.J. Simpson trial and Waco anymore. Yeah. Well, like that's what yeah. Waco. I mean, really, <laughs> these the are the 90s. Bo- was people were like ni- all nostalgic for the 90s. The 90s were fucking horrible. Real reality TV. Yeah, that's what it was. World Trade uh, Center, Waco, now, Oklahoma City. We don't get the news anymore. Right now, we yeah. just don't get the news. Well, we didn't get the news back then, though either. Yeah. We just got the show. And so it's on April 18th that Janet Reno says tomorrow 6 a.m. You get the tanks. And you fucking go in and get them. And give me the pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> so at uh, six... You know, David's actually getting really good at making pizzas. He's like, I think, yeah. I, got a, I, think I got a future on this. I think what's with double this raid. So at 6 a.m., April 19th, 1983, the tanks come in and they start spraying what is called CS gas. Now this is to like... This is what they said, gently convince the women and children to yes. leave the compound. And, uh, so the CS gas... Uh, the CS gas that they used, by the way, there is this is the same type of gas that they expose soldiers to at boot camp for a few minutes at a time. And everyone's seen the videos of the soldiers. They're crying. Right, right. Uh, they're, you know, snots coming out everywhere. Yeah, and they're choking. It's yeah, terrible. They're, they're choking. It's, uh, they're exposed to it for a few minutes. It's like uh, being in Ben's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I got to get a screen for my window. <laughs> Thank you. I can't. Are there bugs? A lot of bugs out there. So The Branch Davidians, they were exposed to 10 times the amount over a period of six hours. And not. 10 times the amount that would be a, a trainee used, in the military. Exactly. 10 times the amount. Uh, and the CS gas that they used, they actually used powder. And what they mixed the powder with was methylamine chloride, also known as paint thinner. 
And in enclosed spaces, it can cause unconsciousness and death, but most importantly, it can be ignited with a single spark into a huge fucking fireball. So after Koresh worked so hard to get crystal meth out, they brought paint thinner right back in. <laughs> you know? They brought methylamine in. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah. it. So at 9 a.m., a few hours after the raid begins, and the tanks are just fucking destroying this compound. It's easy. It was made by leftover cabin wood. Right, right. <laughs> and they're saying that they just need to poke a couple of he- holes in here and there to get the uh, the tanks through. You so watch they can a tank it. just rip through oh, the wall yeah. and pull out the whole thing. It's crazy. Uh, uh, it's yeah. Totally obscene. Yeah, and it's at 9 a.m. The raid's been going on for a It was like a, a Battle hours. Robots mo- show. Battle yeah. Bots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They did look like Battle Robots. <laughs> yeah, all those people died though. So, but it was yeah, it was a seventy. A couple of careers people. got killed with battle bots. <laughs> a couple of care- comedians' careers were killed. So the raid's going on for three hours, and it's not even really going all that well. But Janet Reno decides, you know what? I need to head to Baltimore. I got a speech. So she turns the right. entire control over to. And it a- was all about tucking dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is how you do it, ladies. I mean, guys. Uh, so she leaves, and the whole thing is left over to uh, the FBI, head of the FBI and some people from the Clinton administration. We have no clue what went on in that situation room. There's no record of it, uh, so we have no idea. But I'll burn them down. Burn him down. <laughs> if, you, if you're a president, burn him down is a fun thing to say. You just burn scream it out and be like, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, make, make the fire. It dep- Someone <laughs> change the words in the record to make it sound cooler. Yeah. So at 11... Would, yeah, you would do that. See, I'm, how would you do it, Marcus? How if would you, I do what? You, you got to be told to burn it down. Uh-huh. If you're a president, I would be more of a guy next to a fire. Maybe I'm sipping on a key... And, Burn it down. <laughs> but you're like, let's burn this motherfucker down. Yeah, we better go get them coals in there. I hope they brought hot dogs. And it's like, thank you, President Robin Williams. <laughs> I just look him straight in the eye and go, hellfire. <laughs> there we go. Different worlds. Yeah. <laughs> so at 11:24 a.m., the gunfire begins. Mm. Not from the Branch Davidians but from the FBI. They start shooting into all of the holes that they've made from the tanks, and we know this not because we have any uh, actual, like, on-the-ground footage of it. They did all this behind the compound where there was no actual news media. We know this because there was a plane overhead using something called FLIR, which is essentially aerial thermal imaging. Mm -hmm. So they're able to look down, and they're able to see every time a gunshot goes off. And they're seeing all around the back. They're seeing from two different tanks, mm-hmm. agents on these tanks just firing into these into this fucking uh, house. It Most looks like a great in. movie. It had to have been. And the FBI still maintains that they never fired a single shot in the in, during the entire siege. It's, it's the thermal imaging also shows uh, people entering and exiting the armed vehicles, but it also shows people being run over by the armed ve- by these tanks. And in fact, there's a picture, there's one point where one of the tanks, the tread uh, you know, the tread completely breaks so they have to go out and tow it out and first of all, they're saying that these people are being fired on, like the uh, FBI is being fired on, but they just have some dudes amble up to the tank and hook it on and then pull it out, but you look underneath the tire tread and what do you see but a piece of red cloth 
Later, after the whole place burns down, they find a heavily mutilated body with an arm being ripped off. And what is that guy wearing? A red jacket. Yeah. Right. It, it's very interesting. When you watch the video of the raid, the the attitude is so casual. Yeah. Like, people oh, are just yeah. walking in and out of there. It's kind of crazy. It feels like you're watching, like, CCTV footage of, like, a street. It, yeah. it makes no sense. Yeah, There's it makes no, no urgency. Sense at all. Right, so right. the women and children, they all retreat to uh, a concrete bunker in the kitchen. So the uh, FBI, they have on-the-ground thermal imaging going on at this point, so they know where everybody is. They're watching them go underground, and then basically that tank comes and parks itself right above the entrance of the bunker. Yeah, it parks right above the entrance of the bunker so people cannot get out. Uh, And it also goes in, and it shoots. It goes into the compound, and it shoots... Tear gas in there, the CS gas in there, right where all of the women and children are. And the FBI maintains, like they said, like, you know what? No, you know, these people have gas masks. It's not going to hurt the baby. Babies don't have gas masks. Right. There's right. not baby sized gas masks. Babies out there. are immune to gas, I should know. <laughs> yeah. You can fart on a baby all day. Oh, have you been farted on a lot of babies or were you a farted on baby? I was a farted upon baby. Uh-huh. And look at me. Strong. <laughs> I mean, I got all nine fingers. So they've been firing into this compound for 30 minutes now. It is now about noon. Right. CS, like the dust from the CS gas covers everything. Mm. From they have been running into the uh, compound over and over again. They've got, these people at the Branch Davidians have kerosene cans all around that they've been using to light their lamps because they haven't had electricity for 50 days. Yeah. So this whole place, the vapor is coming up. All of the CS gas is everywhere. There are holes in the compound which are creating these wind tunnels. There's 25 mile an hour winds. These wind tunnels, if there is even, if there's a fire without this accelerant, it is going to take this fucking place down. But it is soaked in kerosene and methylamine. So it's at this point that they decide to put one more little, like, raid of gas into the compound. But another smartass decides that he's going to fire some tear gas canisters in as well. Unfortunately, they're pyrotechnic uh, tear gas canisters. So they burst and it sets the fire of the whole fucking compound. So they burst and a spark hits that gas and it sends a fireball shooting from one end of the compound to another which ignites another fireball, which sends another one fucking going. Meanwhile, the tanks right. are just ripping through the compound walls, just like tearing it down. Down, the, all the debris is falling on top of the bunker entrance. Yeah, and right. in fact, they were already making it a Dutch oven, and not yeah. a fun one you do with your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Yeah, and you no, fart no. into it. But, I'm lot, but, what, they, but the, pe- the person doesn't like that. No, though. no. Yeah, so no, they were no, kind of no. making it a Dutch oven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. The, the British Davidians didn't like it, but they were yeah. laughing. The people, did, the <laughs> FBI, couldn't get enough yeah. of the joke. The FBI was loving it. And there were all these people trapped in this bunker and the coroner report right. said that uh, the vast majority of children that were found in the bunker died from blunt force trauma to the head which was concrete coming down and raining right. down on top of them from the tanks ahead. But the vast, a lot of and people... And again, the only thing these people were guilty of was being slightly different Christians. Yeah. yeah. That was I it. Mean, 
at the same time, you know, I don't enjoy any type of Christian. I don't. No, I, like, I know. I don't enjoy yeah. them. Of course, right. you know, they're hard. They're hard to understand. But when it, my parents go to a uh, evangelical Christian Haitian church, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that pastor at the pulpit that gets a uh, federal funding or uh, federal tax exemption rather is uh, is says just as crazy things as David Koresh said to these people. In fact, yes. I would argue that David Koresh, he was not a hateful man in the least bit. His teachings, yeah, I mean, he was an he eagle was they weren't hateful at all. I would right. consider evangelical Christians to be worse and more harmful than the oh, Branch sure. Davidians. Our government also hates the idea that anybody chooses to live outside of the government. Yeah. Like, if you can go and live on a compound in your own independent lifestyle, they don't want to see that at all. No. Because it just shows how hard we are to control. They like to keep the main line of just being like, you need to respect us. We, you need to stay an active no, I mean, member of our society. But they were they yeah. were active members of the society. Yeah. Again, David Koresh, he could have just called himself David Koresh. Yeah, he did it legally. I mean, he did everything legally. Yeah. They, these guys followed... The, the book of Legal the law. guns. I mean, and, they were on the books. And David Koresh constantly talked about it. He, he constantly said, like, hey, I'm an American first. Yeah, this he's, like, he's like, I love being an American. I think this is a great country. Right. Uh, but the people that run it are now killing me. Yes. Uh, and the FBI this whole time, this place is on fire. And I'm sure people out there, if you, I mean, you may not even know what it was, but everyone's seen a picture of the compound on fire. Yes. yes. Horrifying. Uh, and you would think that they would want people in there to try to get this under control, but the FBI actively kept fire trucks away from the compound because, as they said, they were afraid that firefighters were going to be shot. And the, Even the, though the Branch Davidians had not fired a single shot that entire also fucking day. Also, the party day. line well, was was that they had set the fire. Yeah. The party line is that the Branch Davidians set the yes. fire and they did it as a big suicide mission and it's just like, no. It, was Heaven's not. Gate before or uh, after? after? It was about it was uh, three or four years after. So, but Jonestown, of course, was before. So the mm, the notion of cult uh, suicide, mass suicide, was a narrative that the American public would be easily, uh, it would, it's easily digestible. Yeah, I mean, Jonestown already yeah. happened. So, I mean, if you got 900, what are 70? Right. You know, like that's, they'd say like they, in fact, they're like, oh, well, that's nowhere near as bad. Right. Uh, but, you know, they kept the, uh, they kept all the fire trucks away. And in that uh, bunker where mm. the women and children were, they see a bottleneck where they can escape. They see a hole in the wall where they can escape. Unfortunately, there are a couple of FBI agents with machine guns there. And this is backed up by thermal imaging. Fucking Chuck Schumer, he maintained that all these people, 27 people, by the way, died from self-inflicted gunshot wounds. Self-inflicted gunshot wounds. Self-inflicted gunshot wounds. But you can see from the thermal imaging two people facing this crowd unloading into them. Just rapid fucking fire. Because now it comes down to you can't have any witnesses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like of course. Exp- it's like the Expendables, you know? Yeah. yeah. But you know what? I love that. Chuck Schumer when he comes under New York 1. What a charmer. Oh, he's such he's a nice liberal Democrat. I he love cares for him. everybody. Yeah. Chuck he, Schumer. He's always doing the Easter egg it, hunts. Chuck Schumer's a total schmuck. He should be Schmuck Schumer. <laughs> Schmuck Schumer. Tweet at him, Schmuck Schumer. <laughs> yeah. And then the hashtag last podcast Remember on the Remember Waco, yeah. yeah. Remember Waco, <laughs> Schmuck Schumer. No, it is pathetic. Yeah. And a lot of senators and a lot of congressmen tried to make a, this a career move for them. Yeah. But there were a lot of senators and congressmen who were actually trying to find the truth on this. This was right. back before Congress was 100% shitty. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, there's still some congressmen out there trying to find yeah. the truth on certain Yeah, but issues. they 
also but. believe, you know, they also believe in chemtrails. That's yeah. a problem. It's yeah. one or the other. Yeah. yeah, it's really not very good. And Chuck Schumer was the one during the Waco congressional hearings that was most against the branch. I like, love what they did, and I'm happy that they did it. But you know, yeah. what, you know what proves the fact that the ATF and uh, the FBI and the federal government and Janet Reno and the Clinton administration acted improperly was the fact how differently they handled the Warren Jeff situation. Yeah. Yes. Warren Jeff just went through a prosecution. It was a very similar. And it was uh, very similar. It was similar. all paper. So was he, a, no, it he was had worse. A he had a so town. He, yeah, Colorado he was a, City. He was right. a I lived there when I was a kid. And he was a rapist and a monster and the whole thing. I mean, you know, right. I still think David Koresh is wrong just because I think of anybody. It, it's uh, but all, how do you handle it? That's the question. Yes. At, what, at some point. Um, it was know, a dry raid. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, that that's yeah. the way to do it. But and, but it's never really happened. I mean, again, and Clive Bundy as well. The ATF stood down. They're like, mm-hmm. we can't have another Waco. Everyone knows how bad Waco was, which is so ironic, of course. Every, try, every time you're trying to make a woman love you, you just do something stupid. Whoa. And the FBI and the ATF was like, America's going to love us. We're going to do something great for them. And they just came across looking like idiots. Wow. That is a great analogy. Ben. Yeah. You had to let Nailed America it. come to you. That's right. You know what I mean? Play put hard on, to get, ATF. Hey, nice, yeah. put nice cologne on. Right. Yep. And uh, you're talking about destroying evidence. As the building is burning, there are tanks pushing the debris into the fire actively destroying what is a crime scene, right. what is absolutely a crime scene. Even if it is suicide, it's still a crime scene. And they're just actively destroying everything. And after that, ugh, God, this is the worst part. There's a flagpole. Had the Star David on it for the Branch Davidians. Sure. It burns off, flies off. And as soon as it flies off, the ATF runs their fucking flag up the And that pole. is a that is a Hollywood producer's idea. Right. That is a wag the tail like they were doing it. Oh, they were showing it. Well, it's that like that Hiroshima. was a, Look at this shot we got here. Right. Bam bam. That is so fucking disgusting. But well, that that more I don't know. That's like they're conquerors. No, they, well, they, I they've mean, conquered. You know, they've conquered. Pe- like it, I gotta say though, it's, it's I, I basically mind boggling. This is what happens when you don't have a unilateral uh, international enemy. When it's when when the when the, the Russians went down. <laughs> when we no longer had the Ruskies and the Soviet Union to fight, we 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 chose to fight ourselves. I also mm-hmm. will like to say a prayer for all the. Bad macaroni art that died. That time. <laughs> oh my god! You know? The kids. I, I'm telling you, I don't even it's know. It's so horror. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of the shell casings, all of the bullets, all of the grenade fragments, uh, all of the so-called illegal weapons, because the ATF or the FBI said that they found 58 illegally modified AK-47s in the wreckage. But on the other hand, they confiscated all of that, and it has never been allowed to be inspected by right. anybody besides it, the FBI since. It's like JFK's brain to go back to JFK. And it's like Whitney Houston's hotel room. <laughs> We're going to whitewash that. So I can't well, go play with this sink. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Janet Reno said there was absolutely no doubt at all that the cult member set the fire and the only action taken against any of the ATF agents, a few of them were forced to resign with full pensions, right. not because 70 people burned to death, but because it was said they lost the element of surprise. Yeah. And then she invited all her girlfriends over for a nice night where they were going to try on makeup together and talk about how much they love their husbands. Right. That's that's the whole thing. That's why you can't trust Janet Reno because by definition you can't trust uh, 
a closeted homosexual. <laughs> They're always lying. Everything they've ever done is a lie. Yeah. And okay, it is great to see a sad. couple of gallon, you know, th- three gallon size pencil skirts. It's you can't, you don't see much oh of that anymore. Oh my goodness! And wow. the worst consequence of all, I believe that the worst consequence of Waco came two years later with the bombing of the Murrah Building in Oklahoma City right. by Timothy McVeigh, and Timothy McVeigh specifically cited. Waco as the reason behind the Oklahoma City bombing, which the Oklahoma City bombing, by the way, the largest case of domestic terrorism in American history, killed over 300 people. Uh, And he Mm. cited Waco as his inspiration. Well, you know, it's it's just one of the, it's an old adage, but they always say, uh, you know, violence, uh, you know, begets violence. And that's the same thing with the, you know, the Boston Marathon bombers. They were complaining about the drone attacks over in Yemen and Pakistan. Teaching Osama bin Laden how to fight guerrilla warfare. Like, like, not a brilliant idea to kill, to beat the Russians. You know, I mean, uh, we, we, uh, we have a history of that. Mm -hmm. We're really good teachers. Yeah. Uh, I also have a real problem with the 11th season of, uh, of, uh, that that singing the voice the voice that show that is that show's really gone but eleven yeah, seasons get it just give up the, McVeigh was a terrible terrorist yeah that's the guy to, that's the guy to arrest oh we you got know, him let uh, we yeah. got him yeah we got him less than a day later just took us a couple more days to get yeah to get you Terry know when Nichols. you should get Timothy McVeigh the day before <laughs> that's when you nab him grab him good there yeah but well, Waco is a, a a fucking deep deep scar on the soul of America it's a turning point. It really is. Well, you know, buy Japanese. <laughs> That's yeah, my new they've call. They've de- never done nothing wrong. Yeah. The oh. Japanese have never done anything wrong to America. Oh, uh, you know, they've done yeah. some yeah. stuff. They got great yeah. cartoons. Love the cartoons. Yeah. Um, well, so that was great. Wait, yeah. We all learned a lot today. Yeah. I, um, I hope that was educational for you. Have everyone. fun with your jobs. Yeah. Going to g- have fun now. Yeah. Uh, going to jobs and watching baseball and enjoying yourself. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Waco, Texas. Well, hopefully it doesn't happen again. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Just oh. have to find a good charismatic leader these days. You it's know? hard to. But, I mean, again, that was the weird thing about Koresh. Not that charismatic. No. And that's kind of why no. people liked he him. He kind of looked yeah. like Jeffrey Dahmer. Kind of did. Yeah, yeah, Same kinda. glasses. But yeah. people in our, who are, our fans seem to think Jeffrey Dahmer is handsome. So, yeah. yeah. Well, well, it's good to be back. We'll be doing yeah. more episodes. Uh, I'm going to be bouncing around. That's the right. country. You have you're you're going to be going into Atlanta tomorrow to start shooting the uh, what the third season. No, uh, well more pretty more second season. Oh, more second face. season for pretty um, face, and then you'll be going down to shoot your ABC sitcom uh, in Los Angeles. Huh? Very so. Exciting. Please come by and uh, see me. Bring me uh, weed. That sounds great. That's, and that's Henry Loves You on Twitter, Marcus Parks on Twitter, mm-hmm. and Ben Kissel, of course. And uh, I guess we got the shirts coming out soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We can start talking a, about that now. Yeah. Right? We've got the t shirts that are coming very soon, either uh, this week or next. We're going to be opening up donations to last podcast on the left. Yeah. And uh, we're going to be doing pre orders for shirts uh, with every $25 donation uh, or $25 donation or more. You will receive a t-shirt and if you're lucky it'll smell like one of us yeah we're gonna rub all the shirts on one of our butts so that'll be exciting and i want to thank everybody from the bottom of my heart for the happy birthday wishes very sweet i don't celebrate my birthday but i do on facebook yeah so that's kind of very sweet thank you hey satan uh please hear him hair again magustulations everybody oh so sweet Say a pair for McGusterbations. Yeah. Uh, hail me as well. And hail yourselves as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.